Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Ray Feuerstein. Ray has had two near-death experiences, and he has a lab dedicated to paranormal research. And today we're going to talk about it. Ray, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. Uh, this is a great opportunity. You know, uh, it's uh, something that I don't really often talk about, even though I kind of wrote it down. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, um, well, probably you will be helping more people than you realize just by sharing your story. Well, I hope so. Uh, mm -hmm. Mine are weird. You know, <laughs> comparatively, I, I've read a lot of what you've had and I've seen the videos and, uh, in comparison. They're not everybody's individual, I guess. Right. For me, there's nothing weird on this channel, but if it is, it's even better. <laughs> well, then I'm there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start with your first one. All right. Well, I was uh, five going on six. And at that age, you say five and a half. Okay. But um, I was a typical, you know, young boy. I took my sister's um, dollhouse, which I wish I had now because it was an antique. And I actually did a, a demolition derby on it and left it apart in the backyard. Of course, it made her mad. And um, I was told to go out and clean it up. Now, it's probably about five o'clock at night and it was late fall. So it get it gets dark uh, early. And so I'm out the back and of course lights on and I'm picking the pieces up and putting it where they told me I need to put it by the garbage cans. And I went to go back inside and I reached for the door handle and I just reached the door handle and I felt this burning pain in my right ear behind my right ear. And I went like this and I hit a black wasp and it fell on the ground and I, it made me dizzy. And I got in the house. I managed to go through the back porch, through the kitchen, through our dining room and into the living room where my sister, she kind of speaks. She goes, Oh my God, 
I was um, blown up like the Michelin tire boy. My eyes were almost completely shut. I could hardly breathe. I had an anaphylactic shock. So she called. My father was away uh, and called my godfather to come over and get me to get me to the hospital. And I, I don't know what about the ambulance or anything, but I went in a, in a uh, one of the uh, police uh, cars. And the last thing I remember when I got in there was the officer saying to me, would you like the siren on? I said, yes, and that's it. I died in the car. They got me to the hospital. Now, this is all other than what I remember, what I was told. They got me to the hospital and worked on me, and I did not, uh, they didn't revive me. Uh, I was clinically dead for 15 to 20 minutes. Now, they did pack me in ice. That's something that they did tell me they did, which was to keep bringing the swelling down uh, from, you know, the, uh, the, the poison and the venom. What I saw was something a little different than what I've read and seen in other people's. Now, I'm five or six years old, so I don't have much of the world in my, my mind, you know, at this point. I was riding on top and inside this gray-black tornado. That's, all I, that's the only way I can describe it. I could see all the way down, and it was whirling all the way up, and I was inside it. And like sitting inside, hanging out to the edge, just riding it. But there were people, there was male voices in, in my ear. I wasn't really listening to them as much as they're just talking to me, like comforting me and everything. And I wasn't afraid. I never felt threatened or scared or any of that. I was just kind of, oh, just, oh, look at this, you know, type thing. And they were talking all the time, and it was all very calm, very, you know, serene-type voices. They weren't very you – know, there's no excitedness, nothing. I came into this area. I would say a room, but I'm going to say an area because it was like it went on forever black with little spotlight, just spots of light, very well-defined spots of light. And there are people in each one of them. I could see them in the distance. I could see movement. I could see people. And there were people standing around it. And there was people inside it. And I came rolling up to one. And inside the spot was two boys, two younger boys, probably my age, and a, and a little girl. And I remember the little girl more than the little boys. The little boys had, like, blue on. But the little girl had a sundress with a very fr- ruffled um, collar, and it was beige with little blue flowers, which I found out later on were forget-me-nots, which was kind of in pepper bowl. And they were playing with puppies. Now, the reason I know there were people standing around, uh, I could see, like, it, images in the dark right at the edge of the light of people standing there watching them play with these puppies. And uh, the little girl said, looked up at me. She goes, well, come on down. Come on and play with us. And I went to go. And the voices here said, no, you can't do that. That's not something you can do. Then the little girl looks up at me again. And she goes, well, then here, take one of the puppies. And she reached up with a puppy. Now, she had black patent leather shoes on. Uh, based on this is so clear in my mind. It's, it never has left my mind, the images. And she reaches up. She goes, here, take one of the puppies. And the moment I reached down, 
I felt this like, I don't know if anybody's ever touched 110 volt outlet and felt that jar, but that's what I felt. And I just went like in reverse from what I did coming in. And the next thing I did, I opened my eyes up and there's a sheet over me. I could see the lights through the sheet. And of course I was down like this and I put my hands up and just went like this with the sheet and sat up and said, where's my mom? And they didn't expect it. There was quite a large screech from the nurse and the doctor. They both backed up and I, I felt itchy and tingly all over my body. They did what they had to do. And of course, at some point I went home and that was really it. But after that, I saw things and heard things. The house became very active. And my mother told me later on in years when we, when I talked about it, that it had never been that way until the day that I came home. And there was things moved around. I had um, it, the oddest dreams, but... I would say it was probably about five years after my, my brother was um, uh, murdered in Troy. And I had, we had, you know, since buried him. And I was sleeping in my, my bed. And I was having a dream about this whole incident again when the phone rang outside in the hall. And... Um, and the only reason I'm telling you is because all of a sudden I got this connection that was made. And a lot of people say that happens within a DE. I picked the phone up and years and years ago, now I'm talking about, this is the fifties, late fifties. When you got a long distance call, it sounded long distance, uh, crackly. It was kind of distant voice. It was a little fuzzy, you know, the voices, I go, hello. And the voice says, uh, now, my brother's name was Joseph, but his nickname was Butch. And um, he said, Ray, this is Butch. Uh, tell mom and dad I'm okay. And you be a good boy. And I said, oh, and I was half asleep when this happened. I was, and I go, all right, yeah, okay, I'll talk to you later. And I hung on the phone. Went back to bed, went to sleep, got up the next morning. And I go down to the breakfast, and I'm sitting there, my dad says, who was on the phone last night? I'm like, you know, uh, at that time, my mother was very distraught because of my brother's passing. I knew inside me that says, that's not a good idea to say anything, you know, at that time. And I said, I, I don't know, it was nobody. And I hung up. Later on, uh, my father had passed years and years after I was married, had kids, and I went over and visited my mom each morning before I went to work. And I just felt I had to say something. And I, I said, you know, I, I got to tell you something I didn't tell you before. She says, uh, she goes, well, what was that? And I said, remember the night that the phone rang after Butch died? And she says, yeah. I go, and you asked me if who was on the phone? She goes, yeah. She goes, I said, uh, it was Butch. He wanted to let you know that he was okay, and he told me to be a good boy. She goes, I knew it was something like that. So, excuse me. 
Um, so uh, since then, it's been one thing after another with uh, these connections. Um, these connections that I've had actually prompted me to build what we'll talk about later is this lab. Uh, it's an enhancement to communication for those people, our uh, daily departed or the uh, living impaired, as we call them. So that was really the first time. Thank you for sharing your story with us. <clears throat> Did you recognize any of the people on the other side? No, uh, there was no faces, only those kids, those little kids. Um, there was no recognition with them either. And I looked at the boys, I looked at like the little girl. The little girl was very pronounced in it. She was very like alpha and and the, the thing. Um, the voices were all just generic um, male and some female voices, but um, very soothing, just very kept you relaxed, just was very nice, mm -hmm. just a good feeling. And the feeling was like you swallowed a whole bunch of happiness. I was just, there's no, no, no evil thoughts, none of that crap. It was just a good feeling. I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay. I couldn't figure out why I had to go. You know, and, and, and I remember one of them just before I woke up said, it's, you have things to do. That's the last thing I remember the voice saying to me. So even though you were on top of a tornado, it's kind of sounds like a tunnel experience. The only thing I would say is different is the shock. I don't think I've ever heard that yet where you got shocked by something on the other side. Yeah, it was like a. I heard it and felt it. It was, um, I can't even, it's hard to describe something like that. Unless if anybody is watching has ever been jolted by touching a 110 outlet, you'll think of that all over your body at one time. Now I was not, I, I did know, I did find out that I was not shocked for defibrillator. Mm -hmm. uh, so that wasn't it. Yeah. It was something else. It was almost like you touched something on the other side that you're not supposed to. Like you had made a connection that I've never heard before. You actually crossed the other side and zzz, ooh, and had to get back out. I felt I was forced to come back. I, 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 at that time, and there's other people saying they didn't want to go. I didn't want to go either. I felt very relaxed. I was all right. I, there's nothing that was bothering me. I wasn't, there's was no, I mean, how, how many regrets could you have at six years old? You know, right. you know, I, what, I didn't finish my pudding. I don't know. You know, right. Did eat my vegetables. There was, wasn't anything, you know, so, uh, but that was a jolt. It was a jolt. I mean, if, if the funny thing was, is that when I woke up, I, I, it's like, I don't know if you've ever had dreams where you had, you were able to feel things and you woke up and the, you actually took it with you out of the dream and you still felt it, you know, and so much as the anxieties or any of that, because you have some of those. That's what this was like. This was like, I, I was in the middle of the jolt waking up and it was like this. Cause I felt myself like, you know, stiffen, you know, up. Hmm. And uh, then I said, I was very itchy and tingly all over my body for, for quite a while. 
Well, it definitely sounds to me like you established some kind of connection with the other side that caused all these other strange things to happen to you in your life. Yeah, well, you said the only reason I shared that story is because uh, that was the very first one uh, that actually just pushed everything else at me. Uh, it was, like I said, I'll never forget it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was my older brother, and we did stuff together, you know. But to, to have a, a phone, in fact, the phone ring was weird too. It was like, it was like a, a decayed ring. It, it rang. Brrr. That's the way it went. It was really weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> I told you this was weird. Well, I, think it's an, <laughs> I, I like the word amazing. I think it's an amazing story. Thanks. All <sighs> right. Well, let's go on to the next one. Uh, the next one, I was uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to go to prom. And uh, the Friday before uh, the prom date, I got a, st- I got a stomach ache, you know, like, uh, you know, an intestinal ache. So we thought it was the flu, you know, got, got, a, you know, got the flu, got the grip, you know, whatever. And uh, so we, you know, my father treated that way. With, you know, my mother and father treated that way, and, and it got worse and worse over the weekend until Monday came. And uh, at the time, uh, the cure for a stomach ache was uh, uh, flat ginger ale hmm. and uh, Philips Milk of Magnesia. You know, if I had a bottle, I'd hold it up. We have a little, you know, mm-hmm. big go. But uh, that's the cure. That was horrible to drink, by the way. And it was supposed to fix it, and it didn't. So, of course, we went, he took, my father took me to my RGP. The moment he got there, he, you know, he said, oh, take him right to the hospital. And I got to the hospital. And I don't know if anybody had an appendicitis attack. It's not very pleasant. And uh, it started to get worse and worse and worse. And uh, I blacked out a couple of times. They got me on a gurney and I'm in a room waiting to go into surgery and all of a sudden, my father's sitting there, all of a sudden, all the pain went away. Everything felt great. I said, oh, my God. I said, it's, it's okay. And, and if I said, what? And he goes, I said, I feel great. I feel really, really good. I'm fine. So the only reason I felt fine is because it burst inside me. You know, the pressure was off. Of course, I didn't know that. Neither did he. So he went out to the nurse. He said, he seems to feel better. And she came, she came running in, of course, and they throw me down on the on the operating uh, gurney, rush me in. And while I was sitting, I had to sit in a hall for a minute. I looked up and I got this tunnel vision right down to zero. Uh, they told me that I had passed away on the gurney going in to uh, the operation. They revived me in the operation when I died again during the operation. So with that said, this experience I had the second time was a little bit more um, flamboyant, I would say, the only way I can say it. The, the, it was, there was a white light. There was white. I won't say it's a light. It was just white. And it was kind of like, the white just gradually focused into beings that were there. Okay. They're on both sides of me and they're walking me through. 
And um, at the time, I uh, I didn't know any of my grandparents when I was growing up. Uh, I knew only my grandfather very, very slightly. He was very old. They're very old people. When I was a kid, I was the youngest in the family. And uh, the the a woman uh, dressed in white with a blue thing, uh, like a blue necklace right here, like a, a jeweled necklace, uh, stepped up to me. She says, wait. She says, uh, just, you know, hang on, stay where you are. And, you know, uh, how, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your grandmother, Rose. I went, oh, I never met you. And she goes, no, I know you didn't. She says, you're going back because, uh, again, you have something to do. And uh, you can't stay. And there was like a lot of other people around. Uh, they weren't interfacing with me. They were just kind of milling around. And there, it was, you know, there was colors. And there was like countryside like setting but very very bright you know like overexposed you know but still vibrant colors you know there's people around there's a person on this side of me and a person on this side of me and they were talking to me all along just like they did when i was five and six they just talk talk, talk, talk. that's all they were doing and really didn't understand what they were saying but it was very soothing very kind of like just you're all right don't worry about it. everything is okay you know what i'm saying just a very simple you know, conversation on this side, just, just helping me through. And she said, uh, tell your mom that Tommy is fine. And she, he's with me. And I, and I said, okay, <laughs> you know, what are you going to say? You know? And she says, just remember that when you go back. And that was, there was no jarring with that one. It was just kind of like I drifted back into consciousness and, um, they didn't put a sheet over my head this time. Uh, I was just there and in the uh, operating room. And then I remember being wheeled back into recovery and all that. So, you know, I told my mother about it. She knew I didn't know him. And she turned white. You know, she just used, because she never talked about her family. I We have uh, a, an old Bible with uh, names in it. And when we went back and took a look at through some things, uh, she told me, she says, now, Tommy was a stillborn that my mother had before my brother Butch, I mentioned earlier, and they named him Tommy. Mm. And I didn't know anything about it. Of course, they won't talk about stuff like that. That's why she turned white. You know, and she said, there was no way you would have known that name. She said, and your grandmother, we never, they never talked about him, you know. And that's when she opened the book up and showed me her name. I went, oh. She didn't say much more after that. Really didn't have much of a conversation with him, Jeff. They uh, rarely talked about, you know, past things like that. But this, bringing it up to her, you know, <laughs> her, mouth, her mouth was down there, you know, about down to here, you know, she goes, Looking at me, you where'd you hear those names from? You know, so that was the message, and that was my second one. What age did your grandmother appear to you as? I, I was going to say she's older, like in her early sixties, so that she had a lot of hair. Mm. Uh, my mother had a beautiful head of hair too, and uh, I, she she had gray hair. 
o- older woman, you know, not not younger. Mm. I think the age that she passed, because I understand that she passed when she was in her late 50s uh, of cancer. Have you ever seen any pictures of her since that to confirm that that was her? Actually, no. Um, There's a lot of, uh, many families have a lot of family strife. (laughs) And things got thrown away when they were, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I had, uh, you know, had my great grandfather's pictures that we found in the house that we bought. We actually bought the house that was built by the cousin of the person that we bought it from, who was our cousin. So it's been built and and been in the family since it was built in 1904. Mm. So it was really kind of weird to walk up on something like that. Uh, I, I have tried to find it. I asked my sister for and there was very little. Very little. With either one of those experiences or both, did they feel more real over there than life is here? You know, I'm going to say it's the it was the difference between um, standard television broadcast and 4K. Hmm. <laughs> yes, in effect, it was uh, crystal clear. I mean, it was like it's like where you should be. That's what it felt like. Not here. There. Would that equate to here being more dreamlike? Compared to there, yeah. Yes, yeah, I would say yes. Um, It, you know, it's hard to describe some of this, uh, especially uh, when you've, when both times when it first started, it was like looking through the bottom of a glass, you know, having a glass up to your eye and looking through it and then traveling through that and then into this very clear, very pronounced, very, you know, augmented scenery and area. Just very, very clear. Just, yeah, but all I can say it's clear. It's kind of an abstract thing to think about. I mean, most likely we're energy. Everything is energy. It's like energy experiencing energy. And over here, we're energy experiencing through filters or something. Matter. Yeah. I, uh, in all the, uh, with all the experiences I've had with this lab that we may talk about later, um, uh, the spirits view us from what I'm told now through this thing, they view us as specters too. We're like a ghost to them. Hmm. So your your analogy of that earlier, which you said before, uh, is really kind of true. I mean, you look back through and everything is spectral over there and then it's real and solid there. And then you come back here and then it's vice versa. So it's kind of weird the way that that is. But the questions that were asked of uh, the beings that we talked to was, yes, you look, you know, like phantoms. That's the word they used, you know, non-tangible or intangible, excuse me. Did you notice a lack of time in either one of those experiences? But there was no time there. I didn't, I didn't experience any sense of time there at all or the need to. I guess the, is the point. There was really no need to, to think of time. Like, of course, when you come back, uh, we're time-oriented here. 
in uh, your corporal body or your body itself is oriented towards, you know, what your environment is here. That environment didn't feel that way. Didn't, didn't have that connection. Besides you establishing some type of connection with the other side, and you have strange things happen to you. Have you changed in any other way from these experiences? I have never been afraid of dying. Never. Um, but the way I go, I don't want the pain thing if I can help it, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm not afraid of that. I'm just, I'm just not. There's nothing there that's going to hurt me. Uh, and I only see even more so working with this, this, this lab that. When you leave, you know what they say, you can't take it with you, but in a way you can. And what you take with you is who you really are. Uh, we have conversations with the beings that we talk to. We, we, they have a sense of humor, their sense of humor. Um, they have their opinions. I mean, you take everything with you, you know, and some don't have, uh, you know, the, uh, awareness of what happened to them. So they have to be kind of helped and educated as to what happened, where you are and why it's like it is and to move on because you're in this limbo state and it's not good to be there. Um, but I, uh, I, um, I don't, like I said, I don't have fear of, mm. of the afterlife at all. Mm, that's great. All right. Well, tell us about your lab how you started it and what's going on in there. Well, I was an engineer for 30 years plus, and I've always been an electronic uh, geek. I love electronics. I love fixing things. Uh, part of what I was uh, with the uh, company I was with was the lead engineer. And we designed and built um, what they call uh, EMF, EMP, RFI filters and uh, devices to filter this out for uh, uh, military and the civilian uh, communication systems. Of course, you know, all that stuff just will, you know, will kill electronics. Well, I, I had a friend that kept, he kind of pushed me a little bit. In fact, he just passed away this past Monday. And uh, him and I were like uh, cohorts in crime, but uh, he, he pushed me. He saw something and I, I wasn't sure what I was you know, thinking of, but I reverse engineered a lot of the, the equipment that we uh, designed and built to monitor uh, the uh, any extra or otherworldly energies that are not something that is normal, that's not man-made or cosmic, which would be, you know, any of the uh, radio signals and the frequencies and the energies that come through and built an alg algorithm inside this unit to filter all those out and only give what is not normal or not of this lookup table that we have. And I would, if you don't mind, I'll let you know what, what happened to cause me and spur me to build the thing. Yeah, about 25 years ago, um, my wife and I, when we get sick, we go down to the couch in the, in the living room so that we're not coughing or waking up or waking the other person up because we both worked. And she was sitting, she was on the couch downstairs. It was two o'clock in the morning. I know because when I got up, I was looking to see if she was all right. 
And I looked at the clock. It was two o'clock. And I started down the stairs and I heard this female voice singing six notes and triplets, three notes. Da 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 da. And I'm going, and it was clear as a bell, loud, but clear as a bell and didn't hurt. But the loudness, it was so present. And it was a, a, a young, very melancholy, but absolutely gorgeous female voice. And I'm a musician also. So I'm walking the stairs. I get to the bottom of the stairs. She did it again. Then I get in the, in the living room where my wife is, and she sang it again. It was coming from the, li- the dining room where I'm sitting right now. I asked my wife, did you hear that? She goes, yeah, somebody's singing. Now, she was sick and she was half asleep, you know. So the next morning I asked, she goes, yeah. She goes, I heard that. It, it, it was the most beautiful thing, still in my head, the most beautiful thing I ever heard. And the, the notes equated to a specific frequency. And you know that the universe is nothing but frequency and vibration. We all sit here like a guitar string and we, we pluck our own music with our own frequency. And each person is different. It's just like a fingerprint. So knowing that, I mean, I know that spirits have to be because you have to be sympathetic with this solid to be able to reside inside. It's a physics thing. So I built a piece of equipment that can monitor, uh, collect, uh, basically analyze these extra normal energies. It brings them in. And what's happened with it, the evolution of this, this, and I didn't design it to do what it's doing today, but uh, it, it, it evolved into a communication device for the other side, because we get all kinds of voices coming through. I had to put a translator on it. I got so many for Italian, for uh, uh, German, for French. One of the things that happened was the first one that I built, which was a prototype. We went to Herkimer County to a house there with this one of a, a friend of mine. It was a psychic and, and, a, and a paranormal group. I wasn't into that at that time. I was just building this thing, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. The the translators were talking in English until I went down to Herkimer. Then it turned to German. We found that that Herkimer County is a German settlement. So the language changed. Now we had German and English was coming through. Then we went to Fort William Henry, which is in Lake George, New York. And it changed from it didn't change. It added from German with German and English to French because of the French Indian war. One of these psychics that we had come up was a shaman Indian. And she said, Iroquois was coming through. We had all these voices, but we weren't getting all the information. So I re-engineered some things, put some, some additional uh, uh, proprietary uh, software that I wrote myself and also built the equipment to bring these things into a piece of equipment that's going to be able to analyze it and bring it out. I've got a transcriber that now takes all the things and all the voices, all the sounds and some things that we haven't heard and spells them out in sentences. And we're getting full sentences from the uh, questions that we ask. It's turned into an incredible um, communication device. Let me backtrack here. 
you are filtering out certain audio frequencies or you said electromagnetic frequencies or what are you filtering and what are you capturing? We're capturing all acoustical, okay, audible acoustical, like my voice or anybody else's voice, right? Uh, electromag- electromagnetic, um, uh, which would probably be basically EMP if, if, if we want to put that. But the piece of equipment that I have is pulling in, it pulls in all energies, all of it, radio, all the energies, and pulls it in. So you're pulling in every energy, but you're only pulling in the acoustical parts of that energy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, your voice is giving off a specific frequency when you talk. All right. You know, back in the 60s, they used to say, oh, you're giving off bad vibes. Well, they weren't too far off, mm. you know, since we do vibrate. And uh, I, t- I can pick that up. I have a little piece of equipment that I made that you can put your hand on. It will give you your what I call base resonant frequency, the resonant frequency of your body, which is very close to the same resonant frequency of your spirit. It has to be mm. or else you couldn't coincide with each other. Uh-oh. So, Yes. Go ahead. Do these people's voices sound like our voices? Do they sound kind of digitally or electronically or or what? Well, yeah, you know, it's a mix. Most of it is is more like a human voice, but I have um, repetitive voices that come through that sound tronic, tronish, you know, like you know, tron, yeah. uh, and and some very not very many. Most of them are more, uh, and a lot of them are female, by the way. Um, I have some male, but not as not as much. Mostly a lot of female come through, mm-hmm. uh, depending on where we are, though. At Fort William Henry, there's a lot of male because it's male-dominant. Right. Uh, you know, but um, I have four or five voices that come through. Interesting thing, from the day that I turned it on, it's, They've been saying certain phrases to me, referring to Edgar Allan Poe, hmm. uh, the Raven. Now, to have it continually come through every time we turn it on, people say, "Oh, well, how do you know you're not getting radio? How do you know that somebody's not transmitting?" I said, "I know because I built in the filters." Now, unfortunately, you have to take my word for it, but I've made it so that it can't. It's not connected to internet. There's no infiltration of that. You get some things, very strange things, but they tend to step on each other to talk. Some sentences come out in reverse, which is kind of interesting, where you have to read it in reverse to get the meaning of it. Hmm. So, yeah, it is kind of neat. And um, But not much of it comes through pretty clear. And it's 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 uh, one or two words sometimes. If you, know, you ask for, like I went and, and turned it on uh, for my friend. His name is Ray also uh, that passed away uh, suddenly uh, last Monday or this past Monday. And I turned it on him and I were always into these, these things. And uh, if anybody could pull through, I know he could. And so I asked for, you know, if it is you, Ray, please tell me, give me something that only I know about, like anybody else would say, and he shot me a few phrases, and he he used to, he busted my chops because inadvertently I'll say, uh, "Hey, dude," or "Hey, dude," 
you know, like to say that. So he was busting my chops the week before when I was talking to him on the phone. And he kept saying, hey, we'll do, hey, we'll do. You know, he's, and I go, okay, fine, fine. I get it. I don't mean to say that. He said that to me down there. And he goes, I'm doing fine, dude. And I went, oh. I said, okay, I got it. That's amazing. So, Have you heard of EVP, electronic voice phenomena? And if so, do you think yours is anything like that? EVPs, yeah. I mean, uh, I have a bunch. I analyze. People send me some. They send me pictures. They send me videos to make sh- to see. I have a uh, analyzed uh, a studio. It's, it's very expensive uh, video audio studio that I could tell whether it's a fake or not. Uh, believe me, it, it works really well. Um, uh, and EVPs. There's freer EVPs, which we're finding happens a lot, where you actually hear the voice in the air. It's not something that you have to record and listen back mm-hmm. to, you know. Uh, I have something similar to an EVP recorder built into the system, so we don't have to wait. We can get the answer. There's mo- I have a lot of mediums that they can use because, you know, uh, spirits, entities can use electronics to converse and to do things with, you know, they turn my cameras off all the time. Mm-hmm. And I go, will you please turn it back on? And all of a sudden pop the pop back on and I'll get a voice go, oh, oh, oh. you know, and they think it's funny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's very interesting what comes through. Um, but yeah, we get a lot. It acts somewhat like it, but a couple of the psychics that are here locally here that are very, uh, you know, uh, nationwide and national, uh, type of psychics they're in their friends of mine and they go you have here what we would describe as an electronic psychic receiving information from the other side um i'm actually working on something visual that they're going to be able to use to be able to try to visualize some of this that'd be great has anybody from the other side ever told you what do they do over there like you know, what, what is their daily life like? Yeah, well, uh, a few of them have told us that one person said, I'm playing, I play poker. Hmm. Um, they are saying, now there's a certain, there's the ascended type spirits. This is what I've been told by these guys. Ascended spirits are more of the light or white spirit or the spirit that has moved through. And then there's other ones that are in what they call the veil of darkness or like a, a, a limbo that are not sure where they are, or what they're doing. And many of them, they'll say it's gray or it's dark or it's got an amber look to it, or it's got, they tell me colors and they, they say it's a scattered or a broken landscape. Then the other others that we that are basically deemed like light or white uh, or the spirits of ascended, they are in uh, another journey of life they're in another life and they're doing stuff you know well we had it happens periodically saying i have to go i'm meeting someone they're actually going about a life there which is awesome to think it's interesting it's not only are you capturing them but you're broadcasting back to them yeah, uh, my daughter and I were kind of like a uh, where we are a um, a team with this thing. She's very psychic, and uh, one day um, we were at the Fort William Henry doing a, doing a an event with it, 
and they ask for music a lot. They'll say music. Then we'll say, well, what kind? And they'll give us the type of music they want to listen to. So we put it on for her. She asked that question, and they said, uh, jazz. So she has her phone, and she puts she carries a bunch of it in her phone now, and she puts this jazz on, and she's playing it. Then she stops. She said, did you like it? And they played it back. Wow. I've got it on video and audio when it happened. It, they played the exact tune back to us, which we still don't understand how that happened. Are you broadcasting to them through the machine, or they just hear you talking and hear us and hear us talking? What the machine has in it is a radio uh, telemetry uh, transmitter and receiver, and it's on about three hundred and thirty-four megahertz. It's really high. What I found was the specific frequencies that they um, uh, react to and and understand what for. It's almost like turning a porch light on for them. As soon as I turn this machine on, I let it run for about an hour before we do anything. And they've even described it that way, that it's like a candle in the window, they said it a couple times. So they know it's there. It just sits there in whatever area of existence that they're in and they know what it is it's got a signature that they recognize and now they come and speak to us like that mm-hmm. that's awesome what is the most amazing or fantastical thing that you've heard from them well there's so much uh i'll give you two quick ones one was a woman lost her husband he was 38 years old and uh she had hit passed away from a, a medical issue uh, three months prior and called us and asked if we would come to set it up and talk. She had a two and a half hour conversation with this man. And the way he he identified himself, he, we said, are you here? His name was uh, George, I think, if I remember right. But we said, you know, and then, yes, it's your wife, and your son, and your daughter, and your mother, and your aunt are here. We should talk with you. We just want to speak. We're not here to, you know, have any, you know, we just want to be educated. He came through Air Force is here. Well, he died in the Air Force. So we went, oh. They continued to have a conversation. We just backed away, you know, from it, the whole thing. We didn't even just let him go. And she validated a bunch of what he was talking about uh, things that they just did that day there. Uh, the, the son came out, talked to his father. I mean, it was very interesting. After three months, the attitude that these people had about it and were comforted by, and his voice came through because I saw him stand back a few times when he said something. He, he was a, he was a, uh, he liked the bus chops and liked the tees. And he did that to show them who he was and that it was him and um, told her that like the dress. Now you're going to say, uh, how do you know it was him? And it's not me for me to say, because I didn't know him other than then. It was for the people that were watching this. And it happens a lot. And everybody asks me the same question. You know, how do you know it's not a, a an entity pretending to be? Because they can lie. Mm-hmm. We know this. Mm-hmm. It isn't that it's uh, the, the people that sit in front of this to do this, to, to reach out to their loved ones. 
they got the feeling. I don't have it because it's not my loved one. You know, like I said, Ray came through. I knew it was him because I had the feeling. I knew him. You know what I'm saying? He, they know their person. And and they will say, well, I don't know. That's not really him. You you get that from time to time. Don't say, oh, yeah, that's him. You know, that vibe. It's the vibe. The other one was at Fort William Henry. The first time we went through, we were in what they called the dungeon, which was um, – where triage was done during the war and all the 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 bodies the people were brought down for you know surgery or pronounced dead and then there was a section where they put the bodies they if you go you have to go on and see this because it's hard to even explain half of but the video was right there on the website uh we were blown away they would ask the person who was um Runs the fort. He's the president of the fort. His name is Sam. Very nice man. Had a couple of the other people there. And uh, they asked certain things of like, is is so-and-so here? One of the, the brigadier, the generals, and one of the other guys. And they would say the name. And then they would say, you know, there's a lot of blue here. There's a lot of red here. And then they asked of who is the person in the gift shop, shop that is moving the items around. And it, Came out, Christina. I said, well, do you have a last name? Dufresne. Well, how French can you be? They went back into a manifest, one of the manifests over there, and they found the name. She was uh, She was a, uh, put this nicely, a familiar to the soldiers. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but she was, she also worked like a chambermaid and things like that. And it was, Another person that they asked about, uh, who is by the the steps here, the entrance to the that's always hanging around the steps because these are images that people see the people that run around. So they see these people, they know they're there, but they know who they are. And his name is Mark. He said Mark. And the interesting thing about it, one thing about what happens with this, we find them talking to each other through this device where they normally probably can't. And there's conversations. We just back away and listen to it. It's amazing. Some of the conversations. A father and a son connected. He said, Billy, is that you? And he says, yeah, dad. And we will, you know, holy crap. It stood you back. It puts, I I got chills thinking about it, but we have a lot of it. It's all video. We don't, it's, it's uncut. We don't put anything in. You get what you see, but uh, I make sure that we take video and audio uh, samples. And, and those are minor. Those are some of the minor things that's happened in it. The last time we were there, and I want to tell you this, at the end, we thank them. We thank them for being there and talking with us. What I start off with is, you know, we're just here to learn, to talk with you, to see if there's anything we can do to help you. Um, you know, it's all good stuff. You just tell us if you don't want us here, you know, we'll stop. And at the end, we say thank you again for, for having us in here and talking with us and being part of our of our group. Uh, when we did that, we were in an area where there was uh, a, it was kind of like a, a, a giant diorama of uh, dressed mannequins in the, in the, in the time frame and, and a backdrop of how the valley looked like during that, a gunshot went off 
Now, we were broadcasting at the time, and the person at the other end said, was that a gunshot? We heard it. Nothing fell. There was nobody else in the room but us. That's amazing. It was. It, was, it, what, it shocks me. What is the website where they can go watch these videos? It's, um, it's facebook.com forward slash uh, P uh, S R labs. Okay. It's on the Facebook page, PSR labs. All right. So you should, should be able to get to it. And I'll put a link in the description to help people find that. Yeah. You can type in paranormal uh, scientific research lab and it'll show you, it'll direct you to the Facebook page too. All right. But please take a look at the videos here. Uh, they're astounding. Uh, have you been contacted by anybody in the scientific community about your work? Not really. Uh, we're pretty young out there. Uh, and I'm really not sure how to do that if we were going to. But I I had some, I'd like to talk with someone. Um, but there's things that I want to build. And there's a point where you need, nobody knows everything. <laughs> you know? Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I felt pushed to build this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the information and how to build it and what to do and the next step to take has been like, it drives me crazy sometimes. So I'm getting some help in another, another way. But no, um, there's not, I'll tell you the truth, there's not a lot. Long time ago, I'd say 10, 30, 10 to 30 years ago, there's a lot of paranormal groups, a lot of paranormal um Organization, not organizations, but like colleges that had divisions that did this, and they were very, very prominent. There's very little out there now. Mm -hmm. um, the professors are all either gone or they're part of um, the people that I talk to through <laughs> the lab at this point. They've passed away since, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, not really. But like I said, uh, uh, I haven't. Uh, push it out there for anybody to really see that part of it, you know, and maybe get someone interested to come and talk to us. Have you considered putting the videos up on YouTube? Yeah. Um, I just got permission for that because I don't do anything unless I have permission of the people that are in the videos mm. to do something like that. So I just really uh, gotten permission to be able to do that. And um, I'm, Gonna, I'm, I'm not, I don't do that very much, so I have to figure out how to get that on there in its entirety without it. Uh, maybe you can help me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to help. Let me know. Are you saying you're getting permission of the people in this realm or you're asking people in the other realm for permission? <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, this realm. For the most part, because it is a, there's a couple of businesses that were there, so mm -hmm. they have to want to be able to be uh, on YouTube. But I won't do anything like that unless I ask first. Oh. But um, in regard with the other, I do that too. Common courtesy. Yeah, uh, I'm not a ghost hunter. I don't like that term. Right. Uh, they're people. You don't hunt people. Right. That's I, a good point. I think that's. I think that is the most irreverent and. Uh, thing you could ever do and i'm sorry i don't subscribe to the television stuff because i just don't believe it number one mm -hmm. um how do you believe believe what i'm telling you well unfortunately you have to experience it just like anything else but um 
like I said, we don't. That's why I don't go out because I'm afraid it's going to somehow go that way. And I don't want it that way. I want it to be a research thing. I want people to understand what's going on uh, around you and that you have an alternative that you, you can, you're going to, when you go, you're going to go. Don't be afraid of this. I'm not afraid. They've taught me this. These, these beings have taught me this. The spirits that we thought, they, they're very verbal about it, you know, and uh, they, they've squelched any fear that I may have had. I just don't have it because of them and because of the other experiences. How often do you use the machine? Uh, I did use it quite often. Uh, and uh, it was told I better back off a little bit because I start looking like I'm, I've been on a bender because <laughs> you know, I'm afraid of, I was down when I was developing it a lot. Uh, I'll use it maybe twice a week or so. Um, I've got a couple of people that want to do the virtual during, um, during the uh, pandemic. I did a lot of virtual sessions because uh, it, was, it was a good entertainment thing for people and something for them to do. And it was also a good communication and connection thing. So we did quite a few of those. And, uh, if somebody asks, we do. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, I think you should put it on YouTube. I was even thinking, wow, it'd be neat to have a podcast with you doing it live. But then, you know, you have to first get everybody's permission. So that makes it a little more difficult. No, uh, if you want to do a podcast, there's no permission. Thing. You know, it's really just do it. Uh, like I said, I broadcast. We talked earlier. You know, and I broadcast over um, uh, another uh, venue other than what the, the Zoom that you have, mm. uh, because it's uh, a lot quicker interactiveness. We had that conversation. Right. Maybe we can do that. You'll be the center of attention as far as the uh, participant is concerned. Uh, all right. Great. I'll tell everybody this, that um, if everybody's interested in this, Put yes or something in the comments below. And what I can do is ask the audience for a whole bunch of questions too already. So I have questions that I can show up to the meeting besides, you know, whatever I think of on the spot. All right. Well, if someone wants to reach out to you and contact you, should they contact you through the Facebook page, um, through that page, the lab page? Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you can contact me directly through an email address if you feel like it. Then, uh, you know, we can talk there. Or I have a Facebook page, my my name, okay. that you can message me through. But if uh, they, you want the email, do you can you set up the email? Or I can they, put it in the description, the, the video description. Okay, but you have it, don't you? Um, well, just tell us all. And that way, okay. for people who are on audio, you know, they'll just have to hear it. Uh, it's R F. E U R six zero at gmail.com. So it'd be Robert Frank Edward Union Robert six zero at gmail.com. All right. You got anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? Only some new enhancements to this, uh, this lab. One of them is going to be a free air. Um, I'm, I'm using what they call quantum entanglement which is going to be able to project um, a photon, photons out into an area that will bounce off of other photons. And if it, if, it's good, if it works the way I feel it's going to work, we'll be able to see entities moving through those areas hmm. outlined. So 
you know, keep your fingers crossed. Uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be trying that out. I have to finish the, the product up. But uh, I, looking at everything and doing some of the tests that I did, uh, uh, it works fairly well. Hmm. All right, Ray. Well, before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Yeah, I, I would say that anyone out there uh, that is afraid of death or has any any issues with it, I know that the way you go is not your choice a lot of times. But after after you're done and you're gone and you're over, there's not much to worry about as far as I could tell. I, I think that it isn't something that you want to aspire to get to from here right now, you know, let it come naturally, but I wouldn't worry about it one bit. You know, death is nothing to worry about. It's just another life. I like that. It's just another life. All right, Ray. Well, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you so much, Jeff. And uh, I look forward to our next meeting. Sounds great. All right. Take care. Take care, Jeff.